scientists have found the gene for shyness. They would have found it years ago, but it was hiding behind a couple of other genes. Jonathan Katz, comedian. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Anxious Creators Unite podcast. I'm your host, Sadie Hall, and my dream is to inspire you to trust yourself, find your voice, and share your story by sharing my own mental health journey with you. The secret to feeling ready is that there is no secret. We're all just finding our way, and I truly believe that you will find yours too. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I can't wait to share today's episode with you. So let's jump in. Hello, guys. I'm going to do the best I can today because I've been sick for the past week. Just a cold, but a pretty icky one. And my voice hasn't totally recovered yet. So we're going to just see how it goes. And hopefully my voice doesn't fail halfway through this. Today, I thought that we would talk about the difference, the confusing difference between shyness and social anxiety and a little bit of introversion added into the mix for fun. So here's the question that I want to start with. Are shyness and social anxiety the same thing? And how does introversion fit in? And most importantly, is this my personality or is it a disorder? These are the questions that I've wrestled with over and over. Less more recently, and I'm going to talk about what's helped, but for a long time these questions really mattered to me because, you know, if you're not sure whether you have a personality trait or a disorder, then you don't know whether you need to practice more self-acceptance or go to therapy. And it, it can be a little confusing. So I thought I would share my own experience on all of this. Just, I mean, I know you guys know this, but just a reminder that I am not an expert or a psychologist. I'm just someone who's experienced this and who thinks way too much about all of the things. Okay, so here, here, in a nutshell, here's where I'm at today on all of this. I think I probably am shy, but I don't consider it a problem anymore. I know that it's just a personality trait and not even necessarily a bad one. I think I'm also introverted in many ways, but I also know now that I'm way, I in the past have been way too eager to put myself in a neat little box or category so that I could understand what was going on. But people don't fit into neat boxes or categories. All of these traits and disorders, like everything is on a spectrum. So I think that's important to remember. But the thing about social anxiety is that it's not a personality trait. It's a disorder. And not knowing that you experience social anxiety, that that's what's going on, can be really hard and really lonely. I spent most of my life thinking, I mean, I called myself cripplingly shy, cursed with crippling shyness. And I know that that's not nice language. Um, I dreamed of becoming 
quote unquote, functionally shy. But shy wasn't really the whole story. I never used to know about social anxiety. All I knew was shyness. Like that's just the only word I had, the only vocabulary I had to describe what was what I felt made me a little bit different or what held me back or what I was struggling with. It took me a long time to learn that, you know, once I had understood what social anxiety was, it took me a while from that point to learn that social anxiety and shyness are not uh, synonyms, even though they're similar, there's overlap. But, uh, you know, you can have shy people who also have social anxiety and you can have shy people who do not have social anxiety and you can have people who have social anxiety but aren't shy at all. Shyness is not a disorder and social anxiety is not a personality trait. I think the reason it's so confusing is that it's not an either or question. And I think as humans, we really, really like either or, all or nothing. We like binary, but shyness lies on a spectrum and so does social anxiety. And there's areas where the two overlap. But again, for me, the distinction has mattered because it was liberating to be diagnosed with social anxiety. And I know that could sound crazy, but I also know that probably a lot of you get it already, even without me explaining it. But I am going to explain it because I shouldn't assume that you know what's going on in my brain space. Um, it was freeing when I finally understood that shyness was part of my personality, but that social anxiety was a disorder that I was struggling with. It was, it was reassuring in the sense that I felt freed to work on my anxiety issues and try to resolve them, try to overcome them without, without having to have that piece where I felt like I had to change who I was as a person to feel better as a person. I hope that makes sense. But social anxiety feels bad. It doesn't feel good. And then to wonder if that's just who I am was very challenging. And then to discover that, no, that's not who I am. This is a disorder, a diagnosable disorder, a treatable disorder. It was freeing to say, okay, I can work on this. And it doesn't take away from... Sadie doesn't take away from who I am, who, who I am. If anything, it's going to let me be more myself. So for me, I have found it really useful to think about what parts of myself I need to work on accepting and what parts of myself I can work on treating, I guess, what parts of like what, what I am struggling with. So, Yeah. For those of you who don't know much about social anxiety or you're just kind of wondering what it feels like from the inside, for me, I would describe it as fear. It's rooted in fear, a fear of rejection, a fear of conflict, a fear of disapproval, um, even a fear of losing control over myself and a fear of what others might think if they were to meet the unfiltered me, because for a long time I didn't even know who that was. Um, it's so much more than shyness. It's a barrier between me and the world, between me and you. And 
if the barrier is there for long enough, it, it becomes internalized and it becomes an internal barrier. At least for me, it was an internal barrier between me and myself. Because you hide yourself, you stifle yourself for so long that you lose yourself. And it was exhausting. It was a constant tug of war between my true wishes and personality and the disorder that was stifling them. And I think it maybe wouldn't have mattered so much, except I really did and do crave connection with other people. And I crave creative expression. If I didn't want to connect with other people, maybe it wouldn't matter so much that I had social anxiety. I could just, you know, go be a hermit in my basement and be happy. But I want to connect with others. Otherwise, why do I have a podcast among many things? Um, Same thing with creative expression. If I was content with just hiding under a blanket, which, you know, has its appeal, um, (laughs) for sure. Um, But yeah, like, if I, if I were fine with all that, then maybe, maybe I wouldn't need to work so hard to treat my social anxiety, but I want to tear that barrier down. And for a long time, I thought that the path to happiness meant getting over my issues so that I could get there to this place where I felt okay in my own body and mind. If I could just get past my shyness, get past my body image issues, get past my imperfections. I thought that's what I thought the answer was, was just getting past it. But that led to this attitude of like faking it till I made it. And then I would learn how to function as a more socially graceful human by adopting the mannerisms of people around me. Um, I would, like, I turned my people-pleasing powers on full strength and tried to become the perfect friend, the perfect partner, the perfect guest, the perfect mom, the perfect whatever. But the problem with that is that if you're you're just trying to be perfect, at least me, I, I couldn't connect deeply with people. There was this barrier for me, this emotional distance, because you're holding your true self back. And it's uncomfortable. And scary. Having social anxiety and being in social situations is uncomfortable. But for a long time, I didn't want to tell. I didn't want to let on. Because first of all, I didn't know that that was weird. I didn't know that other people felt so much more comfortable than I did. But I didn't want my discomfort to make anyone uncomfortable either. I didn't want to be this high-maintenance friend who needed reassurance and encouragement just to show up to things and be herself. I didn't want my anxiety to inconvenience anyone or make them question my affection or for them or my my friendship with them. So I just put on this socially acceptable mask and stuffed my anxiety deep, deep down inside. And I was miserable. And I think, you know, anxiety can often lead to depression. And I think this is a big part of why, because you're stifling and you're suppressing and it's sad felt like standing on the outside of my relationships, looking in through a window, but a window that was clouded by fear, my fear of being me, of being authentic and vulnerable. So it was hard pre-therapy. I, I worked so hard. 
was so embarrassed. I worked so hard to stifle my blushing, to hold back my nervous tears, to steady my shaking hands. And if there were situations where I knew I wouldn't be able to have that self-control, I just wouldn't go. At all costs, I wanted to hide how shy and awkward and lost I felt. I, I was desperate not to let anyone see how nervous I was and how much I hated myself. The problem is that I was starting from the assumption that there was something bad and unlovable about me, that it would explain all the things I was experiencing. And then I would work backwards from that belief of my badness, looking for the evidence that made it true. And I'm sure you know as well as I do that if you're looking for that kind of evidence, it's easy to find. If your mindset is that you're a bad person and that everything that goes wrong in your life is because you're a bad person and you're unlovable, you're going to find evidence for it. That's just how our minds work. But the biggest breakthrough in my recovery has come not from learning to control my anxiety or to get over my issues like I thought I had to. It came from accepting the anxiety, validating the anxiety, validating myself and starting to change the assumptions I had about myself and become open to the possibility that I am not, in fact, garbage. And once I started to think of myself with more compassion and more empathy, I stopped looking for the evidence of my uh, unlovability and badness. And everything else has flowed from that mindset shift. I really think we need to get over the idea that we need to get over our issues. I think a better approach would be to introduce some softness and kindness in how we think about the issues that we're having in the first place and about how we think of ourselves. Because believe me, from personal experience, you cannot hate yourself into feeling better. You cannot hate yourself into recovery. You can't hate heal yourself. You can't hate your anxiety away. You can't hate your depression away. It doesn't work like that. And just to be clear, you're not garbage either. So maybe you're just starting out on your mental health journey. Maybe you've been wondering if it's normal to feel so wrong in your body and mind. Maybe you've always been shy and you're tired of feeling like it's a flaw. If any of that hits home, please know that you're not alone and that you're not weak. Obviously, I can't say whether you have social anxiety or whether you're shy or whether you're introverted. I don't even know whether these personality types or labels matter beyond the fact that it's kind of fun to take personality tests and connect with other people who have our types. I'm pretty sure I'm an INFP on the Myers-Briggs, by the way. Anyway, social anxiety is different. If you're suffering and struggling... Anything that I talked about today hits a nerve. Just know that it's real. Social anxiety is real. It's not a weakness. And it's not something that you're choosing because you're bad. You're not choosing it. Who would choose that? Social anxiety is a disorder and it can be treated. I'm going to include some links in the description that I think can be helpful for learning more about social anxiety. My voice is starting to give out. So I'm going to wrap it up. But if you take one thing away from today's episode, let it be this. You are not social anxiety. And social anxiety is not 
you. You're not bad, you're not weak, and you're not broken beyond mending. Social anxiety is hard and lonely and isolating, but it can get better with support. You can get better, and you deserve to get better. Because you matter. You matter. I can't wait to catch up with you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Anxious Creators Unite podcast. I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram at Hall and let me know where you are in your mental health or creative journey. Until next time, remember that it's okay to show up scared and show up imperfect as long as you're showing up. You've got this. And I'll see you next time. Bye.